This episode of Right at the Fork is brought to you by Zupan's Markets. Where you can get lots of information if you subscribe to their news feed, which you'll find at zupans.com. If you do that, you will have access to some great sale items every week, sometimes free things as well. I check that news feed every time I go into the store. You should too. Yeah, and Chris, and this is one of those weekends where you get something free from Zupans and the news feed when you subscribe at Zupans.com. Buy a half pound, get a half pound free of Zupans Colossal Shrimp. This weekend only, that's October 18th through the 20th. Um, pretty great stuff as I look at through this. Uh, it's obviously great shrimp from the Pacific and the Sea of Cortez. You can broil it, you can saute it, you can grill it, or you go to the news feed email that you would get and there's actually some recipes in there, as well as some great stuff to pair up for it. Harissa olive oil, or French Farm Fisherman's Salt, or Jacobson Seafood Seasoning. All of that stuff, of course, available at your local Zupans. Which, by the way, uh, right now you can also go in there, pick up some house-made meatballs, some 24-month aged Parmigiano Reggiano. That looks really good. Truffle sauces, Zupans, fresh pasta, and more, which everybody knows we love. So uh, Zupans.com is where you sign up for the news feed or, of course, your local Zupans. So that's Zupans Markets over on Burnside, McAdam, Lake Oswego, and also Weircourt. Zupans.com. It's time once again for Portland's Food Scene Podcast, right at the fork with your host, Chris Angeles from Portland Food Adventures, and I'm Core Johnson from uh, Radio's Kink.fm. We're doing a classic episode here as uh, Chris wraps up some uh, trips that he's been doing in Europe. I felt this would be an important one to circle back around on. It's not that old um, from July of 2018, but it's episode 167 when we uh, finally had a chance to talk to Gabriel Rucker. And his uh, about his specifically his new venture, which was Canard. Um, we're bringing this back simply because of the news earlier this month that Little Bird Bistro would be closing down at the end of this month, the end of October. So um, I don't think at any any point during our conversation back in July of last year um, would the idea of closing down something as as great as Little Bird Bistro. Um, would be in the future, but oftentimes never really is, right? So here it is, our conversation from a little over a year ago, Gabriel Rucker of La Pigeon, Canard, and Little Bird Bistro. And Little Bird Bistro. Hey, Chris, we should also uh, quickly mention here, you've got some PFA events coming up that of, uh, people need course, to check out. because it's a public service announcement yep. to know about these. We are doing a Wildwood reunion of oh, sorts at nice. Stone Soup which is where Scott Dolich is now, and right. it was his idea. Let's bring a few folks from Wildwood in. And so uh, Corey Schreiber, right. we have another episode with him, yeah. who he was the wild, you know, he owned Wildwood for years, mm-hmm. um, is coming in, and Kena Flug, another episode with hi- with her. One of the doing, one of the original ones. Right, yeah. in the front of the house, uh, who was the last owner of Wildwood. Yeah. Um, and also uh, Ryan Sankey. I think I pronounced his name wrong on the podcast, actually. Oh. I always thought it was there was another S in there. Right. Um, who owns Aria Gin now, who ran the bar right. at Wildwood, too. So that's at Stone Soup, October 25th. It's a really cool uh, night, and we have lots of room there. Um, PortlandFoodAdventures.com. And click come, on the Dinners tab. Right. Come see us. Thank you for knowing that, yep. Court. Appreciate mm-hmm. it. 
Right at the Fork is proud to be supported by Zupan's Markets. For over 40 years, unsurpassed quality from the best meats and wines to the freshest baked goods, flowers, and more, with a delicious emphasis on locally sourced items. The best of the Northwest Bounty can be found at your closest Zupans on West Burnside, McAdam, or Lake Grove. And at Zupans.com, eat well, put taste first, love your food. By Ringside Steakhouse. Owned by the Peterson family for generations, Ringside Steakhouse has long been a landmark of the Portland landscape, featuring impeccable service that has set the standard for nearly 75 years. Enjoy the finest aged steaks, their world-famous onion rings, and even Ringside's legendary late-night happy hour. Whether it's a special occasion, a business dinner, or just a great night out, make a reservation at ringsidesteakhouse.com today. By Portland Food Adventures. Tempt yourself with an incredible Italian food vacation with Astri Enzyme and a wonderful October journey to Bologna and Emilia Romagna. It's all at PortlandFoodAdventures.com under the Trips tab. Contact right at the Fork host Chris Angeles for more information and special savings on these PFA food journeys. And by Gen Air Quality Appliances at Standard TV and Appliance. Standard TV and Appliance is your source for the best of Gen Air and associated brands, where you can check out the latest technology in appliances like Gen Air's remote access ranges with a host of other cool features for your upgrade or remodel. Gen Air and Standard, both staples in Oregon and Washington kitchens since 1947. like after I'm done here. Right. Well, it's not easy for you to do that, right? Yeah. You're a little bit of a perfectionist, <laughs> right? It's yeah. got to be right, so to leave it alone in your new baby. How yeah. is your new baby? Uh, great. He's not new anymore. He's 15, 16 months old. Okay, well, I was talking He's... about two new babies, that one, and then there's Canard. Oh, the, new baby. oh, that baby, that restaurant baby. Yeah. But Good. I like the fact that the first thing you thought of was your real, was, was well, your child. Cool, man. Family first. Yeah. Um, let's see. How's Canard? It's great. I got, I, I left a very busy lunch, which is good. But breakfast, people need to go for breakfast. They need to know we're open for breakfast seven days a week. Oh. That's like, that's the jam, you know? And it has that, uh, that's a tough one. Unless you're, that's tough because, uh, Unless you're a breakfast spot in Portland, right? So yeah, it's hard. I, mean, I don't know. Like, I think that it's just getting on people's radar that you know, like a lot of the service industry people, you know, don't have like the Saturday Sunday brunch days off, right? And uh, you know, knowing that you have a just getting on people's radar. Hey, and it's you know, it can be a coffee shop. You can go and just hang out and have like a coffee and like fresh baked croissant, or you can go and have you know, load up. What would load up be? Because when I first saw you were open for breakfast, I thought that is going to be a cool breakfast and at least for a while, be able to get in there pretty easily. For sure. Uh, well, like nothing is, it's not like big oval plates of like, you know, the omelet with the toast and the bacon and the potatoes. It's all kind of like the same at dinner where it's like the, the plates are a little bit smaller. So, you know, we've got a killer omelet, but it's not going to, you know, just having a, 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 a little omelet you know, isn't going to fill you but up. But that makes it way more fun. Who wants to just order one omelet and just eat the same bite over and over and over again? This That's way what I say. You know, it's like, that. it really opens, opens breakfast up to you to be able to like, kind of choose your own adventure, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, uh, there's some killer French toast going on. We have a soft serve ice cream machine. And so we soak our French uh, toast in the soft serve ice cream 
What flavor ice cream is that? Vanilla. Okay. We put a little we put a little Grand Marnier in there, and then we uh, it's like deep fry it like French toast sticks mm-hmm. with a little toasted rice, kind of like almost like a horchata anglaise and oranges and walnuts. You it's know, the, pretty killer. the cool thing about your food is it's. For, maybe for you, it's easy to envision because you had to envision it in the shower. But when you were figuring it out, for someone like me, you start talking about different ingredients, and it's hard to picture. So you have to go yeah, there. Yeah, that's try been. It. I think that's been a curse, and almost. And I mean, I guess you can't say anything's been a curse because I have had a very blessed career. But if the, you know, I think that sometimes I have to get people on board. Do you still feel like you need to do that? I mean, it feels yeah, to me that I if anybody I, doesn't have to do that, it's you in this but town. But I, I think that if you ever stop thinking that way, then you've kind of lost your way. So if you d- just expect people to like get it right, you know, right? Like my job is first and foremost is like customer service. Like, well, and, to think of the customer, not necessarily. Yeah. and so about like, your ego. Yeah, and it's not just like, well, I made this and it's good, so you should understand it. It's, and that's, but that's where maturity, I've been doing it for, at La Pigeon for 12 years now. That's where, you know, I didn't, I haven't always been able to see that clearly. But what was your, what has been your influence that has caused you to have that, I don't know if you call it humility, but that insight to say it's not, it's about, or, or once I start thinking this way, I'm in trouble. Because you did that with me once when we did an event a few years ago, and I said, you know, I didn't think you needed to do an event. You didn't need the publicity for La Pigeon. That's what my events are. And, I, and yeah. you said to me, and I, I've mentioned this a lot of times, but you said, once I start thinking I'm too good for this, I, I'm going to fail. Yeah. Or something to that effect. Sure. You're, you're going to fall down once you think. Well, nobody you just likes. you said the same thing. Nobody likes a hot shot, right? And it's like, it's okay. Like, like the word ego has a bad, uh, a bad rap. Yeah. Like a, having a healthy ego is needed. Otherwise, right. you don't succeed. But if you let if you let it get in the way, so but it takes. So you're busy as hell, right? You got a lot going on. You got three restaurants, kids, family. It takes a pretty special person to be able to step back and think. I'm not too. I, I don't want to let my head get too big. I have to bring myself down a little bit. And it seems to me that you've done that. And I wonder if you think that is a large ingredient for your success. Yeah, you could maybe. I mean, I've always. The things that I, when I, you know, we always look back and you say hindsight is twenty twenty. The times when I was cocky or did let my ego get a little bit too inflated, those are the times, those like those moments when you look back at and you wince or like when you're falling asleep and you have like a memory flashback and you feel really guilty. Like it's, that's usually those moments where it's like, ah, oh, Jesus Christ, I wish I didn't. Did you have to have those pointed out to you or did, could you? No, I'm usually the one think- that points them out. Okay, because I've been, I'm way older than you are, but I've been able to, all of a sudden, I've noticed recently, be able to go, oh man, that was just, that was not the right thing to say. I feel terrible for that. Whereas I don't think I would have done it as much at your your age. Well, I mean, we all, we all come across wisdom at at different (laughs) points in our life. Well, I'm glad. And, you know, there's, there's, in the grand scheme of things, maybe that's one little chunk of wisdom that I was able to come across at a, at a, at a younger age than you, but. Um, yes, yeah, but, 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 but back to it, like, you know, with the, you know, getting people on board, people, people are on board, people do. And the, all of the restaurants are different as to what they're on board with, you know, like at La Pigeon and, you know, we do the, we do a, a lot of the tasty menus, like 
That's why I was uh, what like I would say. There's a you know at La Pigeon when you come in to La Pigeon, it's warm, it's inviting, it's welcoming. Hopefully, sometimes you know there's a wait and it's busy and it's bustling. That's a restaurant, but you come in and you come there to kind of be like whisked into like our program, right? Like to get like what like our plan of action. We ha- we have a we have a plan for you when you show up, and mm-hmm. you know you can take it in a couple different ways, but whatever it is. And then at, at Little Bird, it's a little bit more like you can, you know, make it what you want. You know, we've got the bar area. There's some happy hours. You can go there. You know, having hard alcohol, I think, helps people make it different, mm-hmm. re- different style of dining, you know, because when you can just go for a cocktail, like Le Pigeon, you can't, nobody just comes in and has a drink at Le Pigeon. Well, now you, you can next door. Well, then, yeah. So, so now, then, then with next door, it's like, now it's like versus you walking through the door and us having kind of an idea what we want. Now with the, it's the Wild West, you know. Do you just want to have a couple of cocktails? Are you having dinner next door and you want to have a cocktail beforehand? Do you want to just do oysters and champagne? Do you want to make a whole dinner out of it or a whole breakfast out of it? You know, do you want to have a drinking breakfast? It's like literally that restaurant can be, and it, it, can, it can be like an upscale fast food restaurant. You can come in and just chow down on steam burgers, french fries, have a couple of Cokes, you know, it really can be anything you want, and there's no right or wa- wrong way to experience it. And that's the real fun of having that new place. How did that evolve? Was that born from, this isn't the, the Lepidian experience, so let's create something that enables people to do that? Or Like, how did the idea for Canard evolve? Yeah, yeah. Well, we, I mean, Lepidian, there's always the stigma that Lepidian is, like, hard to get into. Mm-hmm. And that might be true at seven o'clock in August, Thursday through Sunday, you know, but it's not like this is Portland, Oregon. There's no restaurant. You just absolutely can't get into like you can, you can come at, you can come on a Monday and you know, there might be, you know, you might have to wait 20 minutes or something, but like you can get in. That being you, said, you have to use a little strategy too. You get there early. Well, so, you know. Yeah. There's, there's a million ways. Right. And it's, it's not, we're not just like a two hour line out the door from the minute we open until the minute we close, you no, know, I don't think that's the case at all. Um, but so, people think that, yeah, that, there is that stigma. Oh, I would go to the pigeon. You just can't get in. It's like, well, try use use the actual phone. Don't just look at the computer. You know, well, people don't oh, use phones. I do. Anymore. I love. I hate texting. I love calling on the phone, man. Yeah, um, same with me. Anyways, but with with Canard, it was a long, probably. Five years ago, maybe six, we there was a little space where, where Kier used to be a wine bar, and it's in the building that Burnside Brewing is now. Mm-hmm. And it, uh, um, she was going to throw in the towel on that, and I thought that would be a cool little spot to have, like around the corner. Wait, because we're sending people to like you know nothing against the Doug Fur, but like or Ron Tom's, but like our clientele is not no. really Doug Fur, Ron Tom's. You know, not everyone. Sizzle but, pie. You know, there yeah, well, that was, sizzle pie wasn't there, man. The right. neighborhood's changed. Okay. Um, so the idea for a little thing, you know, wine bar, champagne, some raw stuff, kind of like, I mean, I think that's even before they had whiskey the way soda, bar. Or whiskey uh, soda yeah. lamp, same thing. Yeah. So that idea was kind of thrown around and then it, it just didn't really materialize. It didn't happen. And then, you know... I guess it always stayed in the back of our mind. And Andy, my partner, and uh, Andy Forking, uh, 
he's he always had his eyes on one more. And so uh, when the space next to Le Pigeon, which was a waxing salon, came available, I wasn't really ready to do it. And so I talked him out of it. And uh, what was your argument for what was your? I just wasn't. I don't. I just didn't want to. The I didn't wasn't ready to do something. I had a lot. I think I had. I had my son on the way. My third son on the way, and I knew that it would be bad, and it just wasn't the right time. And then, uh, so a steampunk clothing store went in next door, and um, great neighbor, woman named Panda. Great. But like, you know, steam, the rents in that neighborhood and steampunk clothing store just, it didn't, it didn't last long. And, uh, I had been toying around with making these steam burgers for, for our staff meal, just for fun. And I thought to myself, this is something I would really like to give to people. I would like to, uh, you know, this is something I would, that would bring me joy to give to people. These steam burgers, oysters. Because you're a big In-N-Out fan. Yeah. So that, yeah, that's where that's born from, yeah, I, I mean, imagine. Yeah. I've never had... White Castle, even though they're kind of pretty much my version of a White Castle burger. So, Not even the frozen ones that you can buy? And- I think I did as a kid. I had those. But ignorance is bliss in that, you know, because I was copying something without actually trying. I was copying the idea of something right. without copying the actual. I don't think you re- it was going to help you to copy the actual one knowing White Castles. But- yeah. But I think that's a lot of uh, a lot of my cooking is like taking an idea that I've never actually experienced it. Literally the idea of the idea. Mm-hmm. And emulating it. Um, but like, for instance, you know, it's like uh, this morning we have a brand new pigeon dish going on the menu at La Pigeon. And it's uh, like shoyu pigeon. That's drawn from like an experience in Hawaii at a mini mart eating some like shoyu chicken out of the hot counter. And then. Um, Is that something you logged in your mind and yes, said, I'm going to sure. do this someday? Yeah. yeah. Okay. And, and then uh, pigeon confit rangoons. I don't like crab rangoons because I think the idea of the imitation crab and the cream cheese just grosses me the fuck out. But when we make pigeon, when we have pigeon on the menu, we serve the breast. We have a lot of leg meat. So shredding that and making pigeon rangoons. And then um, peach XO sauce. And XO sauce is something I've never actually made before, but it's, you know, people like, I know it's a popular thing. Are you eating a lot of what you cook now? Because you've changed your diet. Pretty drastically I'm, over the last few years. I have been, I haven't been eating that good this month, but uh, oh, so you go trying, off? You're not you're not OCD about it. No, I mean I'm. I mean I'm a chef. I, I love feed as a chef. I I love feeding people more than I love feeding myself, but I do love to eat. But uh, yeah, for the most part, I try. I'm getting back on track with putting good in my body summer you know with the kids like the whole the whole like all of a sudden it just like kids you fall off a cliff and summer like life is changing you know the there's the camps and there's you know we took a trip to mexico and that was fun so i'm a man of routine so i gotta get trying to get my routine back but uh but even just having kids it's so much easier to eat unhealthily than it is uh yeah i think healthy food i think that eating healthy with the kids is actually easier because we there's less of a draw like it's not so much of like just going out all the time we eat at home a lot more you know i you know i I have a pretty cool kitchen that i put in my backyard a little while ago and uh like with a nice like argentinian style grill and there's a like got you know actual countertops in a sink pizza oven wood all wood fired you know so i just um, realized what i said i'm saying to you who's got this these these mad skills and this 
great kitchen coming from a guy who it w- didn't cook much, so it was easier to feed my kids yeah. just something. For you, it's a whole different thing. Well, you, we, you, you think differently. We just like and, cooking at home. You know, it's like I, uh, you know, we had a, in, especially in the summer, we just cook entire meals and eat outside, you know, and then the kids can run around and play. And there's a lot less mess in the kitchen when all you're doing is bringing the dishes in versus like pots and pans in there, you know, cook as much stuff on the grill. Mm-hmm. So I made, you know, like some kind of like veggie rice bowls with a little hummus and we grilled some chicken and put it on top and that was that. And then I always, Sunday nights, I always make enough food so I have some for the week. So then I have like nice like veggies, rice, lean chicken and that's what I'm eating, you know. And that's what being on track is for me. It's, you know, but I have fun with it. I So did you, and you're never overweight, but when you went in that direction, um, what did it do for you? What? Did, how did you, you, you obviously felt better. Eating, you, eating and exercising? Y- yeah. Of course. So yeah. how long ago was that? Four, four years ago, maybe five years ago. Okay. So you've had a good run with it. That's good. So you feel better about it. Is that reflected in your menus? Mm, no. Yeah, I didn't think so. No. Uh, because that's just separate. And, like, I make fun food. You know? Like, I don't, I mean, we have, like, a nice, like, veggie quinoa bowl and uh, that you can get at Canard. And that was fun. And, um, you know, Marcel always has, like, a really nice fresh veggie sandwich and great salads going on at Little Bird. But like, then there's all these still like, you know, chicken fried trout and fried chicken caca van and steak with, you know, uh, Bordelais sauce and all the goodies. Did you have all those goodies in mind when you opened the pigeon from when you were at Gotham and then was that what you had in mind when you opened it, or did that just evolve as you? No, it's been just an kitchen? evolution. There wasn't like a plan. Like opening La Pigeon wasn't even a plan. It was just a day that I met a guy that had a restaurant that needed a chef. What were those early days of La Pigeon like, menu wise? I mean, it's not that far off. I have a lot. I have a binder of like really old menus that I found recently. It was pretty fun to look at and like walk down memory lane. Um, it's not like the idea, the ideas that are there are not that different than the ideas that are there today, but the maturity has grown a little bit and there's, uh, I hate to say we're able to do more, but it's a little bit more complex. And is that also because you've surrounded yourself with some great people who can help you, uh, develop more complex ideas? Yeah, to a certain point, yeah. There's uh, definitely a lot of different voices in the three restaurants, which is a strength, you know? Mm -hmm. Because when you start your own restaurant when you're 25 years old and you haven't had that much time to, like, go and experience the world and learn from great chefs. I mean, I was lucky to have some great people that I did learn from. Um, you, you have to pull from the people that you hire, you know, and if I stop learning from the people that I hire, then that's another one where I'm letting my, my shit get in the way, you know, if I stop, if I stop opening my eyes up to people that, you know, that work for me. What are you looking 
for most in a hire when you're hiring someone? What's the attitude? Hundred percent. I can't teach someone to have a good attitude, but I can teach them to cook. So skills skills aren't as important if someone has the right attitude. You have to be able to, you know, you can't. You have to be able to, you know, know your way, you know, know your way around a little bit. But if you're a, you know, hot dog in, in the kitchen and you got a, you know, shitty attitude, then and even if you're the best, you know, at searing duck or whatever, I don't care. It's not part of a team. Hit the road. Is your uh, love of baseball somehow related to your life as a chef? Because it's team. It's it's teamwork. You can't fail as much in the kitchen as you do at baseball. You can't bat three hundred. That's true. But it's still it's an individual game, and it, and you know at the end of the at the end of the day, it's a team sport too. For sure, yeah. Um, that's I never thought about that. Batting three hundred is pretty good in baseball. Not even and that good in the kitchen. Not yeah, thirty percent doesn't really cut the cut the mustard for successes in the kitchen. And it, you know that that uh, that bar has been risen too. You know over the years. So, do you feel pressure because oh, yeah. when people, you know, oh, for they sure. expect the perfect experience that uh, it's that it can never fall short. Yeah, at I mean, one of I your feel restaurants, tons of pressure. All the, like every and how do you deal with day? that? Um. Well, sometimes it's through exercise before work. I try and exercise before work every day to kind of clear my head. And that's like the the gap between the pressures of home life and work life. Um, sometimes meditation, running, sometimes just saying, you know, like my mantra, like when I like, sometimes like I'll run, like go on a run on the weekend up to Mount Tabor and like, you know, sit and kind of meditate for 10 minutes or something. And, you know, I think as humans, we never feel like we're good enough. I think everybody, even the people that like, when, like the people I look at that as the most successful still have lots of self-doubt and, um, you know, anxieties and whatnot. And I'm sure people look at me as being like, oh man, he's got it so good. So success, you know, so successful, but I have those same feelings of pressure, weight, anxiety, and self-doubt. So my mantra is when I am feeling like, you know, life is heavy or work, you know, my meditate, my my little mantra I say to myself when I meditate is just you. You are good enough, and you do your as good as you can. And I just repeat that to myself, and it's sometimes I get myself to believe it, and sometimes it's a load of hot air. That's your parents on your shoulder, because you told me once that your parents were really supportive, no matter what kind of game you had. They would tell you it was it was good enough, and or you tried hard, and, and yeah, 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 they're super supportive, yeah. And I think that. That's very important because when so, you can either not care about your kid or you can be really hard on them and they found a balance and it seems like you probably found that you found that balance professionally and you need it as a parent. Trying, yeah, 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 I'm Try, trying. It's, you know, but there's, you know, I mean, shit, the better, the better things get, the more you got to deal with, you know? It's like, the more, just, the more you pile on, the more, chances you have for something to come up and not have it be a perfect day exactly but it's you know it's easy to play it safe you don't have as many things going on and hannah's got a a career too that she has yeah. that's got a lot of pressure that comes with it yeah too, yeah yeah in real estate yeah so the two of you aren't just aren't just sitting still and you have your pretty cool role models for your kids i think i look and think they have uh they've got to be learning a lot we try to, yeah. I mean, they're all, all, they're all three of them are 
are very different and have, but, uh, how old are they now? My son turns seven on Sunday and my daughter's four, but she'll be five in September. And then Freddie, my newest is one. Okay. So when we did that interview in about face, that was the day you found out your daughter was going to be a girl. Okay. So, okay. Yeah. You texted me after that. So, all right. Yeah. So I forgot about ha- that. That was a long, do you still do that? No, I don't, no. Do, I don't do that anymore. I like this better because we get a full hour with you. If in that magazine to edit yeah. down this interview, we would have been, we would have had as much as your first five minutes of discussion or 10 minutes of discussion. But the thing that we, I, I wrote this morning is really cool about that is what we do here in the studio is very different than you invited me out to your home to do that interview. And that was pretty cool being able to do that. And your, your, yours wasn't the only home that I was invited to. And, you know, in print that, that was, uh, it was interesting to see your life, but it's changed a lot since then. It really has. Yeah. 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 Are you still into cars? No, I don't. We can't, so, that, that was one thing that went by the we wayside sold, with families. We, we sold the old car. Someone in New Zealand actually bought it. Really? They shipped it over there? And they yeah, came and picked it up. So was that a, Valley, a Plymouth it, what? It was a Barracuda, Barracuda. A Valiant Barracuda. Oh, yeah. I had it right. Yeah, you're good. Um, <laughs> no, I'm not. But I just <laughs> and that, that was my era of cars. I grew up yeah. around them. So yeah, that was like my fourth Valiant that I had. My first car was a 69 Valiant. Um, but so no more Valiants? No more Valiants. We got kind of boring now. We got a minivan. And a Toyota 4Runner. Well, that's good. Well, you got a haul. You got a lot to haul there. Yeah, we got, yep. And do you get a lot of time off to do uh, a lot of family stuff? Yeah. I mean, like I said, family first. So I still love cooking on the line, cooking for people, but it's like the nights I do it are, you know, dwindling. Uh, And so I work like two, two or three service nights, time shifts. Um, I'm a real early riser. So like this morning I was in, yeah, you answered the phone early. <laughs> I was, well, I got a puppy. That's my excuse for being up yeah. at five 30 when I get your text okay. this morning. Uh, yeah. So I love getting up early. So, and you can get so much stuff done in a restaurant before a bunch of people show up. It's a real, it's like a, it's a real beautiful time. The early, yeah. To early be, morning. There's like some weird, there's some cool energy when you get into a, a restaurant at like four or five in the morning and you're and obviously the only one there yeah and it's all shut down and you're unlocking everything but there's still the energy of the night before because it has only been an hour a couple hours since people locked that door you know there hasn't been that much of a gap of time mm-hmm. and so there's still this like it's peaceful and it's quiet and you're by yourself, but there's still this cool little like buzz of something, some sort of energy. That's pretty cosmic because it's still there. Yeah. I, and everything's been cleaned up, right? So it's not like there's... Yeah. Ho- the well, last... ho- hopefully everything's been cleaned <laughs> up. Yeah. <laughs> but it's not like when you wake up in the morning and go, ah, shit, I still have to clean the kitchen. That's that's No, gone. no, no, no. Um, so yeah, that's pretty... Uh, that's nice. And I, I really... So what do you get done there? Is, is there some spiritual moments? Do no, you... but like... It's, you can, it's a nice time to be creative, you know, like, because with the minute that things start happening, 
you start getting asked questions, your phones, you're getting text messages about orders and about things you're having to do orders. And if you can, you know, having a little couple quiet moments by yourself, like that's how I, I started doing my Mondays now. Cause Mondays can be kind of like, you know, I take Saturday and Sunday off. So Mondays, you know, it's like discovering what's been going on over the weekend. So if you, I start my Monday a hell of a lot earlier now and I just kind of slowly, I can jump right out of bed but I kind of just slowly immerse myself into the day and what's in the walk-in and what order do I need to play? You know, there's a lot of orders and stuff to get things going on Mondays and setting myself up for the week. So you're still doing a lot of the ordering? Uh-huh. Most of it for the well, week? No, I mean, not for all the restaurants, but I... But for Pigeon? Uh, Actually, for Canard, I do Monday big orders and then a lot of the, like, you know... Truffles, mushrooms, and stuff like that, I'll, I'll still handle ordering. So, um, do you, are you taking in the vibe of the restaurant by yourself? Because they're, usually, they're all pretty crowded all the time. So, to be the only one there is, is a. Yeah, it's nice. You know, like, yeah, like I said, it's great. You. Yeah, you put on, usually put on some pretty mellow music and just kind of. What kind of music are you listening to? Because you, you, when you were younger, DJing was your thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I still listen to a lot of trance music when I exercise. Like the, I like the 90s like trance music for sure mm-hmm. for exercise. Uh, and then uh, when I'm at work, oof, anything, you know, it just, de- it just depends. A lot of times I let the other, all the other kids pick the tunes. You're, you're referring to them as kids now? Was What's that? that? The, they're the kids? Oh, sure. They have been for a long time. So you're the, el- you're the elder statesman then? I'm getting there. So how do you feel about the um, all the accolades that you've had? A couple of James Beard Awards. Uh, sure. Yeah, how does that... How super, does, super, super fucking blessed. And you're also talented to do that, too. It's not just a blessing. It's You had to work really hard to do that. Yeah. And smart, right? There are a yeah. lot of people working very hard who have never even been nominated so, for a James Beard Award. Yeah, so I think that... Um, but I, but that being said, that's a good point, you know, and that's where the the blessing comes in. There's a lot of people working really hard that have never been nominated for a James Beard Award. I am lucky to have had the luck. I had the luck to be to put me in to ha, you know to put me in contact with Paul, who had a restaurant called Colleen's that needed a chef, and have him meet me and say, "Sure, I'll give you a shot." That was the luck, right? That I got the, this connection. But, you know, everybody has a chance. It's what you do with it. And I was, you know, I seized the moment. And what did you do to seize it? So what separates you as a guy who's, you know, at the pinnacle of the Portland food world? No one could argue that, you know, if someone was going to say, who's the most prominent chef in Portland, you could have an argument, but you're going to be in that argument. You're going to be in that discussion every time. Oh, thank you. And I like the fact that you just kind of nodded and said, I'm not so your, your body language said, I'm not so sure about that. That's awesome. But what do you think separates you from what, what, what allowed you to, to exceed to that level that, that others may not have been able to, yes, there's luck involved, well, but there's also, there's an ingredient about you. There's something in, So when I, when Pigeon first, first started in 2006, I was 25 and more cocky than I am now. There's still some cockiness there, you think? Well, you got to have a little bit, (laughs) right? I mean, geez, you got to stay competitive. I know, I'm just kidding. Um, But I was 
fearless, was not afraid to do or try anything. And at that time, um, I, you know, I, yes, I am good at, at what I do. I'm good at cooking food. Not every day, but I do my best. And some, most days, you know, I'm lucky to have things work out. But I had, I think that one of the, that fearlessness and, you know, some good foundation of talent. And then, um, you know, at that time, my right-hand man was Eric Van Clay. You, you know very well. And he was a little bit more of a voice of reason. He was a little bit more mature at that point than I was. And he really was like, I think we were a great one-two punch for that first year. Mm-hmm. And um, that dude is like wildly talented. He also had way more like actual real restaurant cooking experience than I did. Like he had like been around the block and like cooked. You know, I was like kind of a fake it till you make it person. I still feel like I am, but. That's, um, you're still faking it. Good. Keep and, faking it. Uh, and, and, and so like that kind of like, Hey, that's wild. I, you know, just that, 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 that one, two punch of us and the restaurant used to be closed on Mondays and Tuesdays. And we would on Tuesday, we would go in and we would just sit down and talk about what we wanted to make. And it was like this super, you know, age of wonderment and excitement and nothing was played out. And, and, you know, cause it was all, it was just, everything was exciting and it was like this, well, we can do this. Yeah, we can do that. And then it was, you know, but Eric also kind of. For me, I was like, fuck yeah to everything. And he was like a little bit more, a little bit more reserved. So I think that that was nice. And then, uh, you know, a year later having Andy come on board and, uh, you know, a good chef's a good chef, but you gotta, you gotta have someone that knows how to, you know, get people health insurance, pay the taxes, uh, do the numbers, do just all of the stuff. And it's funny, you know, I feel like. You know, that's the, like without without a partner like Andy, there wouldn't be a little bird, there wouldn't be a canard, and there probably wouldn't still be a little pigeon because, you know, I wasn't in the headspace to run a real business. I could cook some food, cook some mean food, and I could manage people and, you know, handle the kitchen pretty good. But like Andy came along at just the right period of time to like shore things up. And that's, you know, I don't know if my maturity will ever catch up to his, but it's slowly we're inching closer to each other. Well, plus he's, he's, if you have one person, at least you have that person. There are a lot of people who wouldn't have found an Andy, either through luck or just being able to accept, I'm going to bring this person in well, as yeah, a partner. I mean, it's, well, I mean, at that point, yeah. And the idea, well, I didn't even have any, I, no, no one had any idea in Portland, like how awesome he was at like writing a wine list. And just, you know, it's, it's one of those things I think that we've talked about where, you know, we our our relationship is pretty awesome and we're, you know, we're both married, but we have like our relationship, we treat it like a marriage too. And it's worked fabulously for 12 years, but I think that he feels like I'm incredibly valuable to him and I feel like he's incredibly valuable to me. And I think that that's how you make it work. But that's, you know, that's the real nuts and bolts of, you know, the evolution and how, how. Le Pigeon would probably would have been a flash in the pan if it wasn't for, you know, having some people with some real strong common sense. And, you know, like any other marriage, for you to have 12 years in and you're still doing okay with each other, better than okay, yeah. you like each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, you know, you're really beating the odds because you're doing that on a personal level and you're doing it in business. And it's not just Andy. you got three restaurants where you have to have everybody in the kitchen 
that you're having a harmonious yeah with whom you have a, a harmonious relationship Let's pause here for a moment to talk about one of our favorite places to eat, Ringside Steakhouse, which is freshly, what do we call this, Chris? Freshly remodeled? I would, I would say you'd be safe in calling it a remodel. Yeah. And, and a little bit of a, a little bit, of, uh, let's call it enhanced, remodeled and enhanced. Love it. And by enhanced, I'm referring to the menu. So um, they have some new dishes on the menu uh that are pretty great i had the crispy octopus the other day yeah this is the crispy spanish octopus on the uh, starters menu yeah exactly and it also happens to be on the bar menu and so one of the things if anybody is familiar with ringside happy hour which occurs after 9 30 p.m and on sundays from four to five um, yeah, Sundays from 4 to 5. Um, Ringside's well-known for having, at those hours, one of the best happy hours you can find on the planet. But they've, they've always had a happy hour menu with some great bites priced between like three fifty and $6. You can get a hamburger. You can get steak bites, which are, everybody knows are fantastic. But they've now taken the bar menu, and during those hours, you can get half price on those that crispy Spanish octopus. You can get Vietnamese steak tartare, uh, jumbo shrimp cocktail, anything on the bar menu, half price during happy hour. So in addition to some new items on their menu, the entrees, check that out. We're not going to read them all out. You just need to go to ringside and check those out yourself. Yeah, and and and, and part of the uh, enhancement that we were talking about, the sunken bar is now expanded. Right. So it used to be that just Jimmy could fit back there. And everybody knows Jimmy. But mm-hmm. now Jimmy and Andy, whom I met at Fish House and now is over at Ringside Steakhouse. So two two they they can fit two people back there. Your drinks come up faster and it's twice as cordial as it was before very nice now with all these enhancements and the remodel there are some of those things that you love they're still there monday is prime night and they have their three course supper specials so the things you love still there and then now more things for you to love right and so ringside it's a classic in portland for now 75 years the peterson family has owned it so um you know portland's all about the next shiniest thing, but I would l- I like to believe that the restaurants that have stood the test of time are those that should be visited and on the top of everybody's restaurant bucket list. Ringside Steakhouse should be right there. That's right, and it's easy to set up reservations. You just go to their website, ringsidesteakhouse.com. How, uh, when Eric decided to leave, what did that... How was how did that feel to you, and how did you react to that immediately? Well, I mean, I was I was happy for him. He was going to do his own thing, and you know that's if you that's what you chef want. and you have someone work for you for a long time, and then they they leave to you know I will always want someone to move to leave to go forward, not leave and go backwards. And he had been with us for so long that it was like. Uh, there's always, you know, look for signs for like, Hey, okay, it was time for a change, you know? So I looked at it as like, good, great, happy that you're moving forward. And then, okay, this one person and his energy has been with us for so long and we're going to miss it greatly, but let's make it a positive thing. And let's just, you know, bring in some new energy and get some new life in. And I would imagine that's a fun endeavor for you because you've got some, 
a lot of people want to work at your restaurants. So while it's a it's challenging in this market now to find good talent, you probably have a better better shot at some of the good talent than I do feel. The, yes, I do feel pretty lucky. At, we we are able to attract really good cooks, and it's you know, you can have all of the awards on your wall and all of the you know, be you know badass food, but if you treat people like shit, they're not going to want to work for you. Being able to attract good cooks is great. Being able to cook good cook or keep good cooks, and that's that's a skill. Oh, I think, and that, that's just you know, especially in in a in a market where it's tough to even find them. You don't want to spend a lot of time. Yeah, I'm much more into speed. into a harmonious kitchen where people are laughing, having a good time, and getting along, than you know being made to feel stupid, yelled at, and told that they're not good at what they do. Isn't that kind of going away? I. I, I, I guess, I don't know. Yeah, it's never been my, it's kitchens, never, it's never know. been my jam. Uh, cause I, one of my, you know, one of my philosophies has always been if, if people are having fun doing, doing what they do, then it's going to be a better experience for the guest. Mm-hmm. Well, I know when we go to, uh, with Jose to Spain yeah. and where he used to work, uh, Conjubana out in the country, the kitchen has this incredible view and not that the guests don't, but they have smaller windows upstairs. The kitchen has this full glass on view and their philosophy is, you know, they're working hard. And if they have a good experience at their restaurant, same thing. So, nice. you know, it's not all about the view, but, you know, and then I think a lot of people think they're running a good show and having fun. It's like you see in dating profiles. I like to have fun and I do this and I do that. But then in real life. They're not really acting like that. So yeah, you, yeah, have, yeah. you have to walk the walk and not just. Yeah, that's true. Maybe. I mean, hey, I, I do my best. And and it's just a natural synergy, right? You don't, you're not planning social uh, ideas and here's no. how we're going to get along. It's got to be organic. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, and that comes from a passion for cooking that everyone has. Yeah, I mean, I'd say that. Sorry, man. No, you were up. At, I know you were up at least at five thirty. Yeah. So that's cool. Um, I would say that for me, like some of my biggest like stresses in work and life comes from when that synergy is when there's something missing in that energy with with my employees. If there's a you know, and how do you fix that? Mm, I try and talk to people, you know, and be open, and you know. So if there's a bad cog. You're, you recognize it pretty, I guess it's pretty easy to or recognize. Or someone who recognize, I just recently had someone that they, you know, something wasn't going well with them and they came and talked to me about it. I respect the hell out of that, you know? And then, so, you have the, what was, I'm just curious what their problem with you was. Well, I'm not going to talk about that in a podcast. Okay. And it wasn't, but it wasn't, maybe it wasn't necessarily a problem with me, but it was a, it was a problem that was. Oh, they're a life problem. No, just oh, at, at work, work, a work problem, yeah. But, but those uh, are going to happen. I mean, come on, man. You're running a complicated, three complicated machines over there. Uh, not over there, yeah, but yeah, around yeah. here, around here. Those things are going to happen. They sure. can't run, they can't well, run that's like what a I'm, top yeah. all the time. No, but that's what I'm saying. But that's what, that, those, are the, those are my hardest parts about being a chef. Right. It's hard to be everyone, everything to everyone. But, you know, it can't be a perfect world. So if I was to ask no. you what you would just fix... Tomorrow, if you could, it's probably a tough answer because. What would I fix tomorrow if I could? Professionally. I mean, the first, I would say, 
I'd say more butts in the seat at lunch and breakfast at Con- at Canard and Little it's Bird. A, it's a sales issue. I mean, we're yeah, we we you know, uh, I definitely want to see. I'd like to see more people in uh, Little Bird for lunch. Uh, the menu is really great right now. It's nice. You can get you know, it's not as heavy as it used to be, which is wonderful. Um, the team is great, and then. That bre- uh, breakfast from, you know, 8 in the morning until noon at Cunard. All right, we got to fill that. Yeah. I mean, when it hits, it hits, but, you know, and it's hard. So we're doing it seven days a week. Yeah, that's a, what kind of, that was a hard, was that a hard decision to be open seven days a week? All my places are open seven days a week. There's a guy who's, court who's yawning, and he, he's saying, yes, it's, it's okay to be open. So do you need a day off? Do you need some rest? You well, no, you take get Saturday it. And you Sunday get it. Off, yeah, yeah, you get it off already. That's enough for you. Do you think that's going to be enough as you get older? You're going to start. Is that going to become Friday, Saturday, Sunday? I don't know, man. I haven't thought about that. So, that, and that's what but I that, right it, right now. Life is life is very good and full in a good way, but I I don't feel uh, I don't feel like overworked as far as like uh, hours is concerned. And are you looking, f- so do you and Andy sit down and plot out business over a year, two years, five years, what you might want to do? Do you have visions for, at some point you had a vision, for, he, he wanted a third. Um, no vision for a fourth, Chris. No vision for a fourth right now. No. And no vision outside of Portland. You're, you're no. a Portland man through and through. Well, I just don't see the idea of like getting on an airplane to go work somewhere and then leave it, it doesn't sound good. It's not my style of management. Right. Plus, also, you haven't appeared on... The 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 TV shows are here recruiting all the time, and they have to be calling you. They want you to be on Iron Chef or whatever. You don't do those I things. haven't gotten calls for that in a little while. I used to get them all the time, but... Why wouldn't you get... Why Why do you think that stopped? I would Maybe think. I said no to me times. Yeah, that's probably it. And why'd you say no? Other than... The standard answer would be it's not my jam either, but... Um, no, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Maybe I would do it now. It was always... I was always just ha- worked too much. At, like To go and just do like a Top Chef or something like that, you got to take a, a lot of time off to, you know... Don't right. do that. Are you are you a competitive sort in that way? Like, would you want to yeah. take a, on some of your... Uh, some of the the chefs that you know in Portland, some of your friends, and get into a competition. I think food competitions are weird, though. Uh, I mean, if you, no, if you're trying to sell me on like a... No, I'm no. not. I'm not running food competitions. So. I just, for the most part, though, I just, I like cooking at the restaurants, and the way I look at it is anything, it's like, I love being at the restaurants, I love being with my family. Anything that's not that takes away from where I want to be. And it's got to be one special fucking thing to. You think your kids are going to want to cook? My daughter does. My son doesn't. But he As doesn't of now. Know. Yeah, as of now, things change. He's only seven, but my daughter, like my daughter, she'll come in and hang out in the restaurant. For, she'll be, she'll spend like four hours in the basement helping the girls roll out dough, getting like making little fake donuts with pasta dough, sweeping, mopping. He's saying behind you, yelling corner when she walks around. She is fearless. Wow. She's only four. Yeah, I was going to say, last, that's, uh, so would you encourage her to get in the business? Sure. Yeah. I mean, why, she's got a great leg you? up if, you know, with, yeah. 
And do you have any, uh, it sounds like you're living in the moment. So if I were to ask you, is there anything, any goals you have that you haven't accomplished yet? You're, you're fine where you are. Goals that I haven't accomplished. I think that's telling that you can't even think of it. It's not in your mind. Um, well, I mean, it's this is kind of, it's not a stock answer, but I mean, Le Pigeon, I feel is in the, you know, one of the top restaurants in Portland and I would like, my goal is to keep it there and Little Bird is consistently, you know, up there in the top and, you know, to keep that there and then we'll see what happens with Canard, but you know, that's, the goal is just staying kind of towards the top of the heap. That's rough too, because you got a couple of things working against you. You got much working for you. But you got a lot of talented people out there. Well, there's always a thing. new, there's, and then there's always the shit. Let's give it to somebody new. There's right? always a new, uh, younger person with more energy and more, you know, creative power. And you know, I do feel really good about the fact that, you know, for twelve years we've been cooking dishes with no repeats at La Pigeon, and you know, yeah, and we've been able to grow. That's pretty insane. But. uh you know, staying, staying, staying somewhere towards the top of that heap of, you know, because having people come from out of town because they heard that we're, you know, one of the best in the city is great. How many, what percentage, do you know what percentage of your clientele comes from, is local and what? A lot, a lot, of, a lot comes from out of town. Yeah. Almost every time I've been there, I've sat next to somebody who's in from New York or someone, you know, but you, you get that in a lot of restaurants, but almost always yeah, yeah. when I've been to your lots restaurant. Of, lots of out-of-towners. And so... Um, it's good for business. Yeah, I would think so, and it's good. You're helping a lot of other businesses in Portland, too, because you're creating headlines and people are coming yeah, out yeah. just to uh, to have your food. Um, are there any... Young, you talked about young talent. Is there anybody specifically that comes to mind that you think is awesome that we ought to be looking out for that you know of either in your own restaurants or elsewhere? Yeah. I mean, I mean, everybody, I feel like everybody that works. Yeah. It's hard not to mention everybody is pretty awesome. But uh, the young woman, Marcel, who's over at Little Bird, I think is doing a great job. She's pretty kick-ass. She doesn't, you know, doesn't take no bullshit either. Um, And uh, the team at La Pigeon is just rock solid. We've got, uh, Christopher, who's been with me for a long time, and Zan, who's been with me forever. They're just, you know, rocks. And then a uh, newer guy, Matt, at La Pigeon, who's got a real good creative streak. Keep a watch out for him. And then the team at Canard, I, you know, um, my, my, my CDC at Canard, Taylor, uh, got a job as a prep cook at La Pigeon by bringing his son to the interview. And I was like, all right. I like that. Priorities, good deal. He did a little research. You knew, uh, you knew what you were all about. And then, uh, you know, he's just, I'm I'm learning a lot from him. He's got he's got me, like, using, striving to use uh, Excel and get a little bit more. Comp- I thought you were about to mention an ingredient. No, more computer. I'm, you know, pretty impressed with that. And then um, he's got a real uh, natural knack for not just cooking, but for, for managing that I... I'm really impressed watching. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Do you get to go out much? Are you going to many other restaurants? Because I get, you know, for years when I would ever, and I ask many chefs this, where their favorite places are, 
invariably the the sh- the counter at Le Pigeon was the first thing the first thing out of many chefs mouths are you out eating a lot it doesn't seem like you I would tried be. to um I I do like to go out and eat but we you know with the kids and stuff we cook a lot at home um but do you get a date night with Hannah where you get to go out and really yeah, we just eat? had sushi a little while ago um we usually go to like more well we li- we go to Coquine. We live on right pretty close. Mm-hmm. Um, I like Tusk for brunch or like like three o'clock, you know, two thirty, three o'clock on the weekend afternoon. Mm-hmm. Um, what else do we eat at a lot? We've honestly just been enjoying like going to um, some of the food carts in our neighborhood and with the kids, you know, riding the bike and stuff. And um, I went and checked out OK Omens recently. That was cool. It was like one of their first days. That mm-hmm. was neat. Um, I like it's what a little different there. than Cafe Castagna, I would think. Yeah. All right. So how are the Giants doing? I haven't been paying. I've kind of backed off of baseball in the last month because the Mets suck so much. They started. Yeah, the Mets out, came out of the. They came out of the gate like the team to watch, right? They had those. They were eleven and one. They're now. They're now the worst team in baseball already. But before yeah. the All Star break, what happened, man? Their pitching just went south. Everything just. Uh, Without Cespedes. Oh, is he, is he out? Oh, yeah, he's been out. You know, Syndergaard's been out. And DeGrom, but now they're talking right? about getting rid of DeGrom, yeah. which is he's got a 1.7 ERA right now. So Yeah. That sucks. Well, the Giants, the Giants could take doing? him. Yeah, we of course the Giants could. They've taken Beltran in the past. and uh, yeah. They're doing all right. They're hovering uh, about, I think we're like three and a half games back. Oh, that's not bad. No, no, no. The, National, the, the, National, the National League West isn't like... We'll see what happens. You know, we got we had some pitching issues too, and so we're just starting to get healthy. Yeah. Well, at least you've had. Yeah. All I can say is you've had a really good decade. You know? Yeah. So we. I know that's been nice to be able to enjoy to be able to it, it, uh, have that happen in my life. Yes. Is that and I had I had it happen when I was eleven. That's when all the good stuff in New York happened. But really, is that good like stu- in the early eighties or the late eighties? Oh no, thank you. But it was the late 60s. Late 60s. Yeah, so 69. The Mets, the Jets, and the Knicks all won. One year. When you're 11 years old, that's pretty cool. That is a big, that's big. Yeah, and the Rangers were in the Stanley Cup that year. So it was all four teams. Yeah, the Yankees, man. You got it. Too bad you're not a Yankees fan. No, no. It's very good that I'm not a Yankees fan. (laughs) I'm happy about that. So are you, uh, any other, we don't have baseball, Major League Baseball here. They're talking about getting it. What do you think? You think we're going to get it? I would love to. I would love for that to happen. More than anything, would you would you prefer it's National League or American League? I'm a National League fan, but I think I want, a rivalry I w- with the Mariners would be good. I would rather have American League because then I can stay a Giants fan. Yeah, well, you I can mean, still I would st- stay a Giants fan, but then I would it would it be much less conflicting uh, because I would have to be like root for Portland because yeah, like, I, I mean I, still, I do consider myself a Portlander both. now. Yes. So, are you any anything? Are you a Blazers fan? Do you care? Big time. Yeah. Oh, big time. Okay. I never even cared about basketball. I mean, I, I, and I go Bay Area sports all the way. I, I'm big, I, I root for the Timbers and uh, the Blazers. But we have to have baseball. It's not the same without... This is the perfect baseball climate, too. It's, yeah. No, it's it'd be amazing. Yeah. So I hope they succeed. I don't... Yeah. I mean, who, who would come up here? The A's? Is that what... Or, no, they're or, talking or about the A's or Tampa or... Yeah, they're not going to get a, a a team from scratch, but um, no, 
Yeah, it, anything, anything would be nice. I was so this disappointed. This city would do so well for the A's. They for any baseball. I think it's you know they get behind their sports. People would say it's not a baseball team. Well, of course, I mean a baseball town. Of course, it has never had the opportunity to really be a baseball town. I mean minor league baseball, but that's not the same as majors. Yeah, I just took my kids to see their first, or maybe it was my first pickles game two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Man, that was a blast. Was it really? It was, have you been? No. It is fun. It was packed. I haven't been there. I, I want to go to the Hillsborough Hops games, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd like to do that. That's uh, I haven't done that. Have you taken your kids to a Giants game? Yes. Not the newest one. And not... I don't think my daughter... I know my son has been twice, maybe once as a baby, but they would hate it. Too slow? Yeah, like... I watch sports at home, and it's like, Dad. Yeah, well, maybe over time, but yeah, it's different. But but I have to say, on the West Coast, it's easier to get. A, I would think it'd be easier to get a kid into it now because now on the East Coast, games are over at ten, eleven, twelve. Yeah. So at least you can you can watch it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they're not watching baseball with you. That that is a peripheral. It sounds like, like I, as I a, got my son playing uh, baseball though. He's like really into pitching oh, and well, catching cool. and hitting. Yeah, but he'll be there. He'll get there with so, you. He's not like on a team, but we're, we're, he's he's pretty he's he's all right. He's he can handle a glove all right. So at some point though, that has to be the team has to be an outlet, right? You can't just he's got to he, you get baseball. You got to go out and play. Well, at some we'll point. see. We'll see. He 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 likes stuff, and then you get him in the the like the team environment. Where you're like, hey, you got this is what you do now, and you stand here and do this. And he's like, ah, oh, screw this. Yeah. But right now we just have a blast throwing. Throwing the ball and playing catch. Well, that's good. What else do you like doing with your kids? What else is? What other activities? Um, are? Well, I got a good. They're they're at a good age where I can run and they ride their bike. Okay, and so that's, and that's pretty good. fun. Keeps you you put in shape. A, yeah, we put a couple miles in that way, and it's like, you know, are you still rollerblading? I had not in a couple of weeks. I've been off oh, it for a couple. That's a couple of weeks. Of weeks. Yeah. I know. I got. An, I need some new. I need some new boots. Some new boots. Yeah. Um, let's see what else. Uh, Cooking. My daughter's really into cooking with me, and my son he likes the baseball and riding the bike, and uh, yeah, I just love getting out. I love you know getting outside and as much as possible, going on hikes, camping. I, I you know from the little I see um, or just hear from you, you're I, in your heart as you said. The first thing you said when you sat down was family first. Yeah, and uh, I think that's pretty cool considering the success that you've had. If your family is more successful than your businesses, you got you're a lucky man and a and a, a smart man. Thank too. you very much. So, and smart for coming down here, and we're lucky to have you. So Sweet, thanks. Really appreciate it. We've been wanting this to happen for years. You can so, thank uh, Chelsea, who is a prep cook, who comes into six a.m. in the morning at Kennard, and she just one day she goes, "Chef, you're going to do that podcast with Chris Angelus." I was like, funny you should say that. He's been trying to get me to do that for years. And I said, would you listen to it? She goes, I listen to all of them. Oh, cool. And so I, I literally said, I okay. called you. Yeah. Right um, there. I'm very happy that happened. I try not to annoy. I think I've at, I just once in a while when I yeah, see you no, say, it's hey, man, well, come the, on. I, the irony is that like with the third restaurant, my schedule is more open. I'm more, I'm, I, I actually have more time to do different things. I'm just, I'm busier, but I have more time to fit in different things to be busy versus just like, be at Le Pigeon at this time, leave Le Pigeon at this time. Be at Little Bird here, leave Little Bird. Is that because of three restaurants you have to have 
more the people. Proper, yeah, yeah, you have to have yeah, the yeah. proper support. So life is, yeah. So I'm this year I, I've said no to like so many things over the years. So this is the year I'm saying yes to stuff. And so I'm like, you know, going to go do a little, some more dinners offsite and more, right. some more charity stuff. And Are you going to go to France? No. Not interest. I'm not gonna, interest. I'm not going to waste the money to take three annoying kids to France right now. Yeah, but at some point. At some point, yeah, but right now is not the time. All right. We're good. going to, we went to Mexico. Yeah, well, that's good. Three, three, and uh, I didn't hear you call them annoying. But, oh, no, I did. But travel at a certain age is really tough. Yeah, I don't want to so. be on, a, on that flight. Yeah, or in a car for a long period of time. Well, we're going to drive up to Orcas Island at the end of the month. So that's we'll not too far. That's not across hours. the country. Yeah, yeah, we'll see what happens. Good. Well, have fun with that. And thanks for coming in. Of and course. Thank, thank you, Chelsea. Totally appreciate <laughs> it. And we'll have to have Chelsea come in. Sometime sure, she too. would love to. I would love. We want to have Chelsea on this year. It's a. It's a. Sounds good. It's going to happen. Okay. All right. Thanks so much. Yep. Man. Right at the Fork is hosted and produced by Chris Angeles and Court Johnson. Connect with us on Twitter and Instagram at Food Podcast PDX, or on Facebook at Right at the Fork, or online at Right at the Fork.com. 